This evening, we would like to continue on with that of our study of the text uh, that we considered this morning. And once again, we're going to focus in on that of the first little phrase there in the text. Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In our study this morning, we focused in on the phrase, the fear of the Lord. And we ask several questions uh, with regards to uh, the phrase there, the fear of the Lord. We ask you the question, do you fear the Lord? And then we went from there and said, you may perhaps say, well, who is the Lord? What is it to fear the Lord? Why should I fear the Lord? We dealt primarily with that of the first question, who is uh, the Lord? Who is the Lord? Well, He is God. He is the Creator of all things, and He is your Creator. And we are accountable unto Him. We told you that the answer to the question Why should I fear the Lord? goes back to the question, Who is the Lord? Or the answer to that question tells us why we ought to fear Him. Tonight in our study, I want us to consider that of three accounts that are found in Scripture. They're all found in the Old Testament Scriptures of that of three men who feared the Lord. Three men who feared the Lord. We're going to be moving around in Scripture, so hopefully your fingers are working. (coughs) The first passage is found in the book of Job, chapter 1. The book of Job, chapter 1. We want to read the first 12 verses here of this passage. Job chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. And his substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, and 500 yoke of oxen. 500 she-asses and in a very great, a very great household. So this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the day of their feasting was gone about that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and he offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continue. Now there was a day when the sons of God came 
present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man, a perfect and upright man, one that fears God and is true evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he'll curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, upon, and only, only upon himself, but not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. The key verse that we would draw your attention to, of course, is the very first verse here, which is verse number 1. It says, There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. You note down in verse number 8, uh, the Lord in speaking to that of Satan he uh, says unto Satan hast thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth a perfect and an upright man one that feareth God and escheweth evil wow what a testimony and one for that of the Lord uh, to testify of here with regards uh, to uh, Job. As we consider Job here tonight, we want to look at verse number one and that of the characteristics that were told with regards to him. First of all, we would consider that of where that he lived. We're told there was a man in the land of us. Now, there's not much information upon that of uh, this place that, that anyone can gather. However, down in verse number 3, we're told with regards to Job, his substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east wherever this place was that is called us it was in that of the east now there are several ideas with regards to where this place was uh, at least two locations one places it in that of uh, Syria and another place, uh, they speak of the Edomite us. Uh, both places, of course, would be uh, in that of uh, uh, the East. Now, the point that I would make here in just taking note of this is that Job was not an Israelite. Job was not an Israelite.
Job is considered to be one of the oldest books in the Holy Scriptures. Job knew the Lord. And that's evident from that of what we're told here in verse number 1. We're told that he was perfect. Or the idea here is upright, this blameless, free of blemish, that of honest. Job was an honest man. He was one who had uh, that of a testimony amongst that of others, that he, that he lived a life uh, that was uh, one that was upright. We're told here in our text that he was upright. He was perfect and upright. He was one uh, that was right with God and he was one that did that which was right. Uh, uh, Not only was he perfect and upright, but we're told that he was one that feared God and eschewed evil. We're going to take the last uh, characteristic that is spoken of there, eschewed evil, means that he shunned evil. I'm reminded every time that I read uh, this verse, that of the command that Paul gives to the Thessalonians in the first epistle of Thessalonians, at the very end of the book, one of the commands is abstain from all appearances of evil. Abstain. Shun all appearances of evil. Job was one who did that very thing. But the characteristic that we are interested in tonight is the one that says that he feared God. He feared God. One that feared God. I'd have us consider the word feared here. You know, there's many Hebrew words that are in the Old Testament that are translated fear. And some of those words are also translated somewhat differently too than that of the word feared. Depends upon that of the context uh, as far as that of the interpretation uh, of uh, the word. The word here in particular is an adjective. It's describing uh, that of Job. It's found, this particular uh, Hebrew word is found 65 times in the scriptures. The word has the sense of that of having fear, profound respect for something, typically used of a person in regards to God. Another sense is given sense of reverence, a person who reverence something conceived of as a person who fears something. Or it also has a sense of one who is afraid. One who is afraid. Job 
He was one who feared God. He was one who had that of a reverence, a respect for the Lord. He feared to offend God. And that is known by the way that He lived. By the way that He lived. The next character that I'd have us consider is found over in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. This is an account that we're familiar with. It has to, to do with that of Jacob whose name was changed to that of Israel later on. The passage that is before us here in this chapter has to do with that of Jacob and that of how that he and his mother had tricked that of Isaac into giving him the blessing that should have gone to that of Esau. If you remember the account, Esau was so angry that he threatened to kill that of Jacob. And Isaac's wife, Rebekah, wanted that of Isaac to send Jacob away. And she did get him to send Jacob away to that of her brother's household. In Exodus chapter 28, we're going to read verses 12 through 17. It says, And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. This is that of Jacob. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it unto thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again to this land. For I will not leave thee, until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid, and said, How dreadful is this place! This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. We'll go ahead and read verse 18. And Jacob rose up early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured all upon, oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, 
so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And the stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Here we have Jacob. He's on his journey to that of his mother's brother's house. And of course, he has he lays down for the night and he has a dream. The Lord reveals Himself unto him. And when he wakes up, we're told that he said, how dreadful is this place. There's, this is none other but the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. Was Jacob frightened here? Was Jacob afraid? The word here that we have in verse number 17, it says, And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. It does imply that Jacob was afraid. But was it a fear like that of what we see over in that of Genesis when Adam had partaken of the forbidden fruit and the Scripture says that the Lord came walking in the garden and said, and asked, Where art thou, Adam? And Adam said, Here I am. And he says, I hid myself because I was afraid. Adam was afraid in the garden because he knew what he had done. Uh, and the Lord coming, walking in the garden, whereas there had been that of fellowship, uh, that of uh, communion with the Lord, there was something that had broken that fellowship. And that was his disobedience. Here in the account that is before us, we don't have that of disobedience by that of Jacob here. Rather, we have an experience here. Experience that Jacob uh, had uh, and it was that of a dream that the Lord gave unto Jacob uh, and it was real. It was the Lord speaking unto him and when he woke up, yes, the experience, it was one that he was somewhat frightened and yet it was that of a feeling of that of of, of all. He stood in awe of what he had received here. That, that of the revelation that had been given unto him. He stood in awe. He stood in awe. He recognized that the dream that he had, that it was indeed uh, that of the Lord. It was the Lord God that had spoken unto him. And yet, and yes, he, he, he was afraid in one sense, and yet in another sense, beloved, it was that ideal of that of all of who God is that is set before us here. And I believe that we see this uh, as we look on further in that of the verses there uh, and that of the statement that Jacob makes with regards to that, that of the Lord. He vows a vow in verse 20 saying, If God be with me and will keep me in the way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, 
so that I come again to my Father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. What is interesting here is, is that the word that is used here for afraid and for dreadful is the same Hebrew word that is used over in that of Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 8 or 9 with regards uh, to that of, uh, of, of, of Adam and when he said, I was afraid. And then that of the passage which is found over in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 where Solomon tells us, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments for this is the whole duty of man. So yes, Jacob had that of a awe, a reverential awe here that he manifested with regards to uh, the Lord. But we see that there were, out of characteristics of trust and belief here that is displayed. Just like we see it over in the account that was given to us of that of Job. The last account that we want to go to is found likewise in the book of Genesis. And that is Genesis chapter 22 chapter that we're all very familiar with. It's the account of that of Abraham offering up that of Isaac. And as you look at this chapter and as I've looked at this chapter upon various occasions, Abraham and Isaac, they are the focus indeed of, uh, of the chapter. <laughs> Abraham and that of Isaac. Abraham taking Isaac with him and them going to the mountain which the Lord had told him of that he was to go and to slay that of his son Isaac upon. Let's begin reading with verse number 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto the young man, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. 
And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Now, there are several characteristics here uh, that shine brightly with regards uh, uh, to that of Abraham here. And I believe the first one that we would draw your attention to is that of the trust, that of the belief that Abraham uh, manifested here uh, as the Lord called him to go and to take his son Isaac and to slay him upon that of the altar, upon that of Mount Moriah. As we, as we note here, Abraham, when he received the message, the very next morning he rose up and began packing and on that of the journey. Beloved, in that of Abraham doing this, we see that Abraham, that he believed God, he believed out of the promise that God uh, gave unto him. He didn't understand, I'm sure, everything that was going on. The Lord had told Abraham that of Isaac that he would uh, make of him a great nation, that through him would come uh, that of the promised one. And here the Lord telling Abraham, go take him and slay him upon the altar. Abraham believed the promises that God had given to him with regards to Isaac. And not only did he believe, believe the facts that the Lord t spoke unto him, but he also trusted the Lord. Trusted that whatever the Lord wanted him to do and whatever took place, that the Lord was able to raise up Isaac even from the dead. And that's testified of over in the book of Romans by the Apostle Paul here. So we have that of Abraham's belief, that of his trust that shines very, very brightly here. Not only do we have that of his uh, trust, his belief, but we also have that of his obedience that is uh, set before us. Abraham obeyed the Lord. He obeyed the command that the Lord gave unto him. He submitted unto the Lord. And beloved, as we look at these characteristics, we can see very clearly that Abraham, that he loved the Lord and he reverenced the Lord. That he reverenced the Lord. We're told there in verse 12 of the angels spoke unto Abraham as he was about ready to slay Isaac lay not thine hand upon the lad neither do thou anything unto him for now I know that thou fearest God seeing thou hast not withheld thy son thine only son from me
I know that thou fearest God. How, how did he know that he feared God? How did he know that he reverenced God by that of his faith, his trust, that of his obedience? His willingness to submit to that of the will of God and to not offend. So as we bring all of these three accounts together, there are various characteristics that all come together to speak of that of what it means to fear the Lord. What the characteristics are of those who do fear the Lord. All the recipients had a relationship with the Lord. All the recipients had trust and belief in the Lord. They trusted the Lord. They submitted unto the Lord. All of them had a reverential awe of God. They knew the Lord. They knew His so here are three examples in the Holy Scriptures of those who feared the Lord we would ask you again that same question that we asked this morning Do you fear the Lord? Do you trust Him? Are you submissive unto Him? Do you stand in awe of Him? Of who He is? He's God. He's the Lord God. Um, let's stand and we'll have a closing hymn. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost But now I am found, was blind, but now I see. Oh, I'm going to ask Brother Don if you'll lead us in the closing word of prayer. Thank you.
those who are not with us. We think of Cheryl. Bless her. She travels back home. Sarah. Lord, for the members of our family, we pray that you would work in their hearts and bring your gospel to them with divine power. Father, we do pray that you forgive us where we fail thee. Lord, bless our country when our leaders obey peace and uh, quiet. Uh, Lord, may the uh, freedoms we enjoy, the freedom to worship Thee, may that continue. Uh, Lord, may uh, You be honored and glorified in all things. Dear Father, we pray all this in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you.